It's the Lander Biz Show, where you get insight from local experts every week. Here's Shireen Herrera. Good to be back. It's Lander Biz. I'm Shireen Herrera. Owen Sweeney in the house. Hello, hello. Our special guest uh, for this episode. Uh, you're going to find out more from Jeremy and James about the Wyoming Life Resource Center. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing well, Shireen. How are you today? Doing great. Yes, likewise. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first, let's start off, introduce you guys' selves and tell the folks a little bit about yourself and maybe what you like to do, uh, what you're looking forward to most for summertime. Oh, wow. That's uh, how much time do we have? Yeah. So, okay. oh, after it's this been so long, nice. Winter, it's... Oh, boy. So I'm Jeremy Forbes. I'm the administrator of the Wyoming Life Resource Center, uh, Fremont County native. Um, happy to be back in, in my old stomping grounds after 15 years uh, out east. And um, so, yeah, I run the Life Resource Center and um, happy to be here to talk about what we have going on and our future plans. Mm-hmm. I'm James West. I'm the residential manager with the Wyoming Life Resource Center. I've been with the center for about 22 years now in a variety of capacities, everything mm-hmm. from serving as a direct support to uh, recreation to day programming and now currently in this position. Likewise, born and raised in Lander, Wyoming. Um, in fact, my experience with the center even stems beyond my career here as uh, I had family members that worked there growing up. And, and ironically, when we had a daycare there, I went to that daycare. So I, I'm a lifer literally <laughs> the, yeah wlr he just wasn't in the born veins. there but right yeah. afterwards yeah, yeah. he was Absolutely. there well james that's so cool and your longevity will really uh you know come into play when we discuss the mm-hmm. wyoming life resource center right. and all that is with wlr so i think we should really start owen asking mm-hmm. what is the wyoming life resource center people drive by in lander you've probably seen the beautiful facilities and campus that they have mm-hmm. some people question is it a school somewhere is it a a nursing home what is it yeah so uh james um please fill any holes that i may have missed but i too uh growing up here in the county and driving uh past this big facility on the hill as a kid seeing that nice white fence and always wondering what was going on back there Mm -hmm. uh the life resource Mm -hmm. center um actually there's not a lot of mystery surrounding it it's it's a very practical uh state facility uh, used to be known as the Wyoming State Training School, and and that's the way that a lot of Fremont County natives still refer to it. Um, it, And it was a school. It was a school for people with intellectual disabilities, and it has been in existence since 1912. Currently, um, it is known as the Wyoming Life Resource Center, um, and it uh, carries two licenses from the federal government. One is an intermediate care facility license, which again is for individuals with intellectual disabilities. And then we also have a skilled nursing facility facility that we just opened up. Now, one thing to take away from this place is it is a temporary facility Mm -hmm. by missioning back in 2016 for individuals who uh, really, for whatever reason, are not able to be safely served at that moment in the community. So on the ICF license, that would be people who manifest exceptionally difficult behaviors. And then on the skilled nursing side, it will be individuals who meet that skilled nursing level of care requirement, but also maybe they have a neurocognitive disorder uh, from a brain injury that, mm-hmm. um, again, manifests exceptionally difficult behaviors, or they uh, qualify for the high medical side, which would be folks with vents, trachs, morbid obesity, or a co-occurring psychiatric diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And then we had to create another uh, category as a safety net facility to look at people who um, just uh, are unsuccessful um, 
in other locations. So we 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 deemed it hard to place. So people okay. who are just hard to place, they've had a lot of rejections out there, and they just need a place to go. Otherwise, they'll be homeless. So we'll take those individuals in too, and then we use kind of directed uh, behavioral and physical therapies, high medical uh, interactions and interventions to get folks, uh, whatever brought them in, we try to mitigate that and get them back out into the community. So it's really supposed to be this really strong partnership between community, mm-hmm. private programs, mm-hmm. and the state. So we will help them by taking folks that they can't staff at the moment or don't have the physical infrastructure to, to provide that care. We will target those things and get them back out to them. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So if you could, we recently had a tour up at the Life Resource Center for some uh, community leaders, some business leaders, some state government folks. And and I want to say here on the air that, you know, I received some comments, Jeremy, even from some folks who were very familiar with the Life Resource Center. They said that the presentation that you gave was the most informative one they've ever heard. And they learned a lot um, at, at that and on the tour. We could talk a little bit about that later. But what I want I wanted to ask was, you mentioned during that tour and that presentation, and, and I was reminded by it, by your comments, just here about the deinstitutionalization right. of the facility and how it's no longer a place for people to stay forever. Um, it, it's really, the mission has been changed to provide that partnership. Yeah, and I thank you, Owen, for bringing that up. Uh, one, one thing I'd like to add to that, that is our mission. As of all individuals admitted on April 1st of 2016, currently, that is the the platform in which we operate. Mm-hmm. However, we do have um, a, a legacy population of folks that have mm-hmm. lived there for decades. Right. And so the Wyoming legislature, when they, when they uh, did the Life Resource Center Act, they wanted to make sure that those folks still had a home. Mm-hmm. So if you were admitted prior to that uh, uh, 2016 deadline, really, it's, it's up to the guardian uh, I see. For oh, discharge. So we'll still recommend discharge for folks who we feel would be better served in the community. But because of their longevity with us and mm-hmm. we understand that it is their home, we Got wanted it. to make sure that they could stay for the rest of their life course if their guardians uh, chose that for them. Well, that, I mean, what a humane yeah. <laughs> I know, way to approach things. Taking hard to place folks and also remembering the folks that have been there for right. a long time. It sounds like a lot of compassion and care is at the Wyoming Life Resource Center. Mm-hmm. James, could you do me a favor? Could you take me through an audio walkthrough of the campus of the Wyoming Life Resource Center? Because it's big. Oh, yeah. Where do I begin? I mean, that's how big it is. Uh, well, if Probably you, where the food is. Cat, <laughs> I mean, for me, well, that would be pretty much kind of in the center of the campus. So, so we do have an on-site service kitchen that currently does provide the majority of our meals to the campus. Um, now, we do have a plan in the making, and it's kind of a big undertaking to bring back cooking and real home environment mm-hmm. like uh, convivium f- family style meals to the units and that could include everything from meal planning to shopping for the ingredients for these meals as well as uh, resident involvement in cooking preparation and presentation of those meals uh, from there uh, so we've got a uh, a number of homes, uh, they're kind of segregated uh, to a degree that we have one element that we serve as a SNF population, skilled nursing facility, and on the other side we still operate under what we have under the intermediate care facility or ICF. Um, so 
it's kind of split. Our, our sniff is just get, kind of getting off the ground. We only have one of those homes open for now, but hopefully we've got a second one coming shortly. Mm-hmm. And that serves a little bit more of the medically fragile, but can also help with uh, some of the uh, exceptionally difficult behavioral challenges. Mm-hmm. On the ICF side, um, different qualifications and, and such, uh, but with dual diagnosis being our primary uh population that we serve out of there a little bit more on the behavioral acuity side but um, all in all it's, it, it still mixes well um, we have amazing staff on campus that uh, do well in serving both of those capacities um, we have three day programming sites one is named cottonwood one is paintbrush and then we just opened a, another kind of more day activity site uh, still yet to be named, but we're currently calling it the Crescent Wing, as that's oh, like it. structurally what it is, mm-hmm. um, and that does serve uh, our SNF specific residents. Uh, we still have some of our old buildings, our administration building. We of course have the manors that are visible from the highway. Those are historical buildings that, right. that will so remain. Right, they're so cool. Yeah, and, yeah. and they are. They are. Uh, we get a lot of questions about those. Still tour those a lot. A lot of people are really intrigued and interested by those. Good piece of history. But people there, don't so. live in them, or do people live in them? No, yeah, no. Yeah, what, okay. no. So they're they're vacant. They, they oh, are. Okay. In fact, they need a little bit of TLC. Yeah. Uh, we we housed uh, our general contractor in one of them oh. during our four year uh, construction period. Well, lucky him. And so that house is in relatively good shape, but, but we do need to um, remodel those homes. Okay. They're just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah. catch your eye every time. They're, I mean, they're nice homes. Yeah. Is there a yeah. vision for future use? Of those facilities, those you buildings? know, so yes, we we have a vision. You know, since we are the state, everything comes in funding cycles. So we're 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 kind of planning for what that looks like. Whether we use them for um, some office space for some of our our staff, or mm. perhaps um, you know, guardians can come and stay in those homes when they come visit. Nice. Um, so we're we're kind of looking at some different options. Great. Um, right now, there's no immediate Got plan to refurbish them. Understood. Yeah. Okay. You guys have a pretty big uh, outside lawn in area too, don't you, James? We do. There, There is a lot of turf up there on that campus. Uh, we have a beautiful <laughs> greenway that stretches from end to end on the campus. It and it, it's, it's laid out very strategically so that all houses and other buildings kind of pour out to it. So oh, cool. into like a centralized location. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if summertime comes, we want to have a big old barbecue. You can have everybody come out. It's mm-hmm. It's easy to access. And beautiful to boot. It, it really is gorgeous up there. Well, you can't miss it if you're coming to Lander or from Lander, the Wyoming Life Resource Center right. located in Lander. And we're talking with Jeremy and James. We talked about this construction just a little bit. You were talking about the general contractor. Let folks know a little bit about the construction because it was a long process. A long one. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> it was. Uh, so we broke ground on May 22nd, 2000. 18. So it, it has been a hot minute that our <laughs> that our construction company's been up there. And then we did our ribbon cutting in October of this last year. So it was mm-hmm. it was a long project. It, 15 new buildings were constructed. Uh, 10 of them are residential homes. Each one of those homes is about 10,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. So large homes with um, beautiful uh, kitchens, bedrooms, private baths for all of our residents. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the recreation center and then the day programming sites. We have a, a new therapy pool for our residents and and 
uh, available for our community residents who have, you know, uh, aquatic therapy needs hmm. and then a half court gym to, you know, Ooh, nice. for, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's, oh, yeah. It, you know, it's no impressive. expense was spared. It is about an $85 million project sitting on a, a campus of about a hundred acres. So it's, it's quite an expensive project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one I of the missed things. the tour. I was yeah. Yeah, well, Jeremy. well, speaking about that, you know, for those folks out there who would be interested in learning more about that. We are interested. I've spoken with Jeremy and his leadership team about about having additional tours. So because cool. the idea is is exactly what you were mentioning before about people have this kind of idea like that's shrouded in mystery up right. there on the hill. It's like no, we we want to we want to help the, the How do you get resource. through the gate though? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'll that, show you the secret yeah, way. Uh, <laughs> and and, so. and that was an issue during our COVID yeah. lockdown because uh-huh. we, you know, due right. to our federal mandates, understand uh, correct. Uh, we yeah. had to post 24-hour guard security at the gate and check IDs and all mm-hmm. that. I'm happy to say that that is in the rear mirror yeah. and uh, we are back to being an open campus. So mm-hmm. we have three ingress points on right. campus and they're they're all open right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, one of the things that I was the most impressed with um, among many, but was was uh, the, the, the homes, yeah. the new living facilities. They really are homey. You know, I mean, you know, they certainly have a uh, an official look and feel, but you know, the old sterile antiseptic idea of a mm-hmm. of a hospital or a medical facility that's gone. That right. doesn't exist. And right. and so talk a little bit more about that and about the how some of them are hardened versus some of the uh, the other ones that are less that way. What does well, that mean? What would people? Yep, that really is that? what we're all about. I mean, I think it's important to mention on top of this construction, we decided to overhaul our our care philosophies as well. Mm, we, we adopted yeah. uh, what is known as the greenhouse philosophy of care, uh, kind of a shoot off of the foundation of Eden care. But uh, the idea behind this element of care is to reinforce three core values as emphasized by the greenhouse project, which are real home, meaningful life and empowered staff. So with the real home, you want this to seem like a natural home, as if we were to walk in anybody else's home, it does not want, we don't want it to look like a care facility. We don't want it to feel like a care facility for the residents that live there. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to be be as natural of an environment as absolutely possible. With the empowered staff element, we uh, promote that because our direct care staff work the closest with the individuals, they have the loudest voice when it comes to determining care through the teams and stuff. the idea behind that is they spend the most time with them. They're probably going to have a, the majority of that knowledge to be able to make well-informed decisions. The elements of the greenhouse that really, really take off are the fact that it really does just keep a more normalized environment that, for lack of a better term, uh, that really helps all be successful. It even feels like a calmer place to work. I was going to say, yeah, it probably not only helps your residents, but the employees as well, which is a win-win. Yeah. yeah. And these houses really are gorgeous. And, and what Owen was alluding to is we do have hardened homes versus non-hardened homes. Some of our residents, maybe with some higher level of acuities, may have, need some safety precautions put into place for some of these homes. However, they're very well disguised. You, this would not catch your eye it's when true. you walked in there, yeah. whether this is like ligature point or things like that. The goal is, even though these safety implementations are in place, that they're not recognizable. And it takes us even further away from that institutional mindset. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of your employees because James, 20 plus years, I can tell Mm -hmm. you have a lot of passion, a lot of care for this. Uh, You obviously are a plethora 
of knowledge too when it comes to the Wyoming Life Resource Center. But we talk about, you know, having folks that, um, you know, have some difficult behaviors, hard to place. Your staff has to have great attitudes and, I mean, just our blessings. Absolutely. I'm convinced we are staffed with some of the best people that Wyoming has to offer. And I mean that truly. I've had the luxury to get to work with and meet with a ton of different personalities and people. And if there's one thing that I can say is true, and that is the compassion for what people do up there Mm -hmm. is second to none. We have many long, long standing employees up there. I mean, there was a point in time, I bet the median years of service would have been no less than 20 years on our campus. That's astounding. I know. Um, That's amazing. That people are really proud of what they do. I mean, even talking about myself a little bit, honestly, this was supposed to be a stage stop for me early in life. And I was sucked in so hard because it was easy to become proud of what you do. No, there are Mm -hmm. elements of it Mm -hmm. that are not easy, but through training and support processes and team processes, it starts to become a family feel like feeling environment. And you, you, you feel a sense of belonging. And this isn't a normal job where, you know, at the end of the day, the factory shuts down and you go home, we're dealing with people's lives and and we're constantly striving to improve their quality of life. It's normally and naturally going to form strong relationships. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's very cool. And Jeremy, in your position, that's an environment you encourage. It is. And um, going through a culture change process that James talked about in terms of flipping our model on its head, we Mm -hmm. historically have been a very hierarchical model, which had multiple layers of supervision before you got down to the individuals who provided the care. And that was a problem. Um, We were subject to a lot of the turnover issues that long-term care in general around this country has has had to deal with. And it's not a model that um, myself, nor James, nor anybody in leadership wants. We, mm. we wanted to empower our staff, truly empower them to want to be there every day, to feel like they're making a difference in the lives of those that they serve, because they certainly are. Um, the, the compassion that James talks about, I mean, he is, the, he is the poster child for exactly who we want to recruit and retain up there, because as you mentioned, his, you can just see the passion that he has for service up there. Mm-hmm. And, and when you get people who are service-oriented um, and, and you give them the keys to run the place, that's that's when you have some magic happen. Amen. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that we we are still in that development phase. It is not all rosy, and it, it is my job as the administrator to continue to provide that environment where people do feel like their voices are heard and. Um, you know, that they can lead that change. And we've started really seeing that over the last two years. Uh, Went from kind of really introducing this model of care, and there's a lot of institutional pushback on it. Well, we don't understand it. That doesn't make sense. So you provide training, more training, support, and training. And then what you start to see is people come up to me and say, hey, Jeremy, you know, you're really into this greenhouse model. And say, yes, I, I definitely believe in it. Okay, well, how come you're not doing it X, Y, and Z? So they've taken that, and they've flipped it on his head and now uh-huh. they're driving that change and nice. they say wow that's a really good point yeah let's talk about how we can do that so that's what we want to see up there where they can feel comfortable coming into my office or me coming to them and saying look 
we think this is a better way forward. Will you support us on it? What yeah. is the greenhouse method? I'm sorry. I know you've mentioned yeah. it a few times, but I thought it was an actual greenhouse. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, that, Farm that does table. Get, yeah. Right, right. Hey, hey, they could, um, yeah. Really, it, it's basically a model that, you know, we're used to people first uh, language, the, the mindset that people need to be involved in their care planning. Greenhouse takes that a step further and actually promotes that they have the voice in that. So if, if you're sitting around a table deciding if somebody can or can't do something, the can't is removed from that. And it starts to turn into, okay, what do we need to do to make this happen? Yeah. And, and that's only half of the model. The other half is, is the self-managed work team portion of this mm-hmm. or the empowered staff model, which I will add, didn't Jeremy had mentioned that we are still growing into this. There is a, an element of shock factor that comes to this because sometimes you're like, well, I want you to decide on this. And people are like, well, me? Well, who am I? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it takes a little while to help people grow and learn into that level of confidence mm-hmm. and also understand that there's an element of responsibility that, that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I've seen from this is somebody who's really tried to drive this culture forward is when people do grasp that, amazing things happen. They start to become way more confident in what they do. It starts to show how evident it is that they believe deeply in what they do and how they care for our individuals. And also it helps them see things through because giving them that investment to have a say empowers them to see the project mm-hmm. through even when the difficult hurdles come yeah. and present themselves. You know, this reminds me a lot of what people familiar with the business world know as Kaizen, yeah, which comes out of, you know, it's, it comes from Japan and it's it's the idea of small incremental improvements, right? Because right. what industry was, was discovering over there is that top-down you know, administrative, you know, orders from on top or would always result in massive changes that would just freeze everybody, you know, because like, wait, we have to do how much and how much time? That's crazy. So what they did was they did exactly what you're talking about. They flipped the model upside down and they said, no, we need to hear from people at the very, you know, bottom rung of, of where the cars start mm-hmm. getting built. The Toyota was is yeah, the one who Toyota was famous model. for this. Yep, yeah, that's right. And so they empowered the people on the production line, the engineers. Mm-hmm. What is a small, if you notice anything that could be the slightest improvement, push it up the chain. And they did that and they became, you know, the most incredibly successful, you know, Japanese automotive company the world's ever seen. I mean, I mean, yeah, that makes total sense. Right. And Jeremy, it's good to hear that that's what's being implemented at the Wyoming Life Resource Center. And James, you're you're speaking firsthand as well, which is awesome. So let's talk. Let's switch gears just a little bit, because I know I know the Wyoming Life Resource Center has a lot of serious responsibility and, you know, some serious aspects to it Mm -hmm. with some of uh, your residents or the folks you're giving care to let's talk about some fun that you have though because i'm sure that james when it comes to you know making sure that folks and the residents are feeling like uh, a natural environment fun is part of that yeah no that is who abs- is the fun king that is absolutely <laughs> true the way that i like to paint this picture is when you're employed at the wyoming life resource center you're essentially employed to get to hang out with people do fun things help mm. them in their life and this could be playing basketball daily with somebody. activities yeah, yeah uh, go for a car ride up the canyon look at the scenery and, and even huh. the things that are more challenging maybe you're trying to help somebody develop a new skill and maybe that comes with some hardship well when you get to the end goal of that route it's just so much more gratifying than than I anything else I can imagine hmm. uh, there there are a lot of opportunities for fun there you know it's, it's a job and it has its elements but 
really we yeah. try to focus on what we refer to as active treatment is okay. making sure that the clients are engaged or sorry the residents are engaged in day-to-day activities that are preferred by them and we find that more often than not their preferred activities are no different than yours or mine mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. right and if you're matched up well too i mean that works even better yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. we just opened up lucky pond for the year which oh, cool. i know a lot of our uh, residents around lander love to come up there and fish but sure. so are our residents oh yeah i can and come so up there and fish great. i forgot so, about that so we have quite a few people who like to go fishing and there and so yeah our folks do have a lot of fun and when we we do have fun it just makes everything better and and, you know the big the big takeaway from this is our jobs are better when our our residents are happy Mm. and there's no secret to that right if you in your own personal life if you're a shut-in if you're at home with nothing to do you're going to be miserable Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, every, everybody. We're all social creatures and mm-hmm. our residents are mm-hmm. no different. So the more we engage them with the things that they love to do in life and even explore new things with them, the the behaviors go down, the, both uh, for residents and staff. And, okay, um, yeah. you know, everybody's sure. just happier. And um, that's how we retain people, by empowering them to get out of the house, go do fun stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your level of handicap is. We adjust to it mm-hmm. and, and get mm-hmm. folks down there. So we're, we're looking at some really fun things like um, starting a chicken and egg program up there. Oh, we have, sweet. Yeah, we, we have 100 acres and another 500 state land acres behind us. So we're going to dive back into some of the animal science and agriculture stuff. Oh, wow. Um, There's some really cool really homesteading books. Yeah. Wyoming yeah. homesteading books on chickens. Oh, yeah. I'll have to give, give oh, Jeremy yeah. the We have eats. a new member, Melissa Hoff, the, yes. the hatchery. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're familiar with some of our chickens at my so, house. Yeah. yeah, I love this. This is so cool, right? Yeah. This is all about the local economy, yep. working with people who are already here on the ground. This is this is exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. you know, I, I know there are a lot of openings up there. So what are the what, yeah. what kind of staff are you are you seeking? Well, you know, so we, we have lots of openings, just like everybody else. Yeah, it seems right. Like yeah, right it's now. not unusual. Uh, no, but some areas that we definitely have perennial needs would be our nurses. Um, mm-hmm. Nurses are are so valuable, and uh, they can go so many places right now that everybody uh, is trying to recruit nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so we're no different. Um, we're also recruiting direct care staff. We'll train them uh, internally as CNAs. And um, so that's an area that hopefully we'll have some more announcements on shortly, but uh, we are always hiring CNAs and direct care staff. So even if you don't have experience in the field, but you think, gosh, I would really like to make a difference in someone's life and and Mm -hmm. earn a great wage while I do it Mm -hmm. uh, and enjoy those wonderful state benefits. And great Um, staff. Great. Yeah. I mean, just great people. And then, of course, therapies. Um, You know, we are a high therapy utilization Area so OTs, PTs, we are our two speech therapists have filled, um, but we need CODAs, which is the occupational assistance, and we need PTAs. So we okay. Okay. and behavioralists. I mean, uh, there's always a need for more people with uh, either BCBAs, which is a board certified behavioral analyst. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, because we we do everything is so directed and so intensive to the individuals that. 
we're always going to have positions like that open because even if we fill the ones that we have, we're still growing in terms of our residents coming on board. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to continue with those needs into the foreseeable future. Well, I don't know how I'd follow that. You knocked that one out of the park, Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, the only thing I will add is, you know, we're excited. We're in these buildings now. We did go through a series of very difficult years. I mean, this isn't like a normal factory that you would shut down to do a rebuild on and then start back up. We had to continue providing these services to these residents through this. That was no easy feat. But again, commending our staff and our wonderful employees at WLRC, their concern was just making sure that those guys' lives were as least impacted as possible. When we're moving around or shuffling from building to building as construction occurred, and here we are, we made it. The only thing we're missing now is some more people that keep growing, and that's what we're really looking for now. Great. I will mention just briefly that uh, there could be future growth up there. Um, we do have other partner agencies kind of moving in and occupying some of our old existing space. So, uh, you know, uh, DFS, uh, mm-hmm. Family Services, will be up there uh, by the end of the year in one of our, our buildings. So um, I'm sure they're always looking for people as well. Mm-hmm. And um, DEQ's already up there. Yep, and there right. may be some other agencies Dairy that Queen? join us. <laughs> I, I no. wish Dairy D-E-Q. Queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And well, if, he said, if, I said Dairy DQ. Queen. <laughs> I was like, Really? You missed the yeah. environmental That's part, yeah. You know, that, that would be a great recruitment tool. <laughs> I'm sorry, that would have. I, I, if Dairy there you Queen go. is listening, we, we would love to house you yeah. up there as well. Sponsor them, please. And but, then yeah. we're also looking at some adolescent psych programs for in the future. So uh, that's going to take a little bit more time and development. But there's, it's another need here in Wyoming. We're a, we're a large state in terms of space with a small population. But we have the same needs as any other state. And um, mm-hmm. taking care of vulnerable people really is the business that we're into so well uh, that's that's our future cool. well you have a beautiful campus mm-hmm. uh you are both beautiful people and your staff sounds just absolutely amazing so if you're listening and that's something you want to get into they'll yeah. help with your cna and all that mm-hmm. i mean they'll absolutely. help guide you on how all of that works and more owen before we wrap up another amazing episode of lander biz any housekeeping with the, the lander, lander chamber? chamber yeah um we do have a uh, business after hours, the last one of what we call our season. Mm-hmm. We usually shut it down in the summertime because everybody just wants to get out and enjoy the Thank warm you. sunshine. <laughs> Amen. So May 18th, Thursday, it will be at Benessere um, here. They have two locations. They have one in Riverton. They have one here in Lander. It will be at the Lander location. So if you're interested in learning about AIDS aesthetics, uh, and everything that is connected to that. Come over and meet Dr. Loam and his staff, 195 Capitol Avenue. That'll be between 5.30 and 7 on Thursday, May 18th. And that's free and open to the public. So come on out and learn about all the good things they're doing there. Also, of course, we've got Lander Brewfest coming up June 9th and 10th. Or is it June 10th and 11th? No, June 9th and 10th. Okay. You messed me up on your email. (laughs) We'll go back to that. Don't do it. June 9th and 10th, Pioneer Museum. It's always always the second weekend in June. So there you go. I think last year Uh, was the 10th and 11th. Yeah, you might be right. That's why I'm mixing it up in my head. But yeah, we have more brewers coming this year than ever before, 33. There's probably going to be over 100 different kinds of beer there for people to to, to, to taste and sip. It's it's uh, it's going to be a great event. We've got two Wyoming bands, Inland Isle from Jackson Hole. Mm-hmm. You know this band sounds. I can hear like a little Coldplay, a little oh, Gin totally. Blossoms. You know, yeah. but then there's then they oh, go into some blossoms. more straight up. Somehow Owen stuff. always goes back to the Gin Blossoms. <laughs> yeah, well, my wife's from Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So ASU for the Gin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Tempe baby. <laughs> there you go. So um, yeah, but and then we've got uh, 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 so they're a Wyoming band. We really try to focus on on Wyoming music. The other band, uh, Red Dang It. We've 
we've had them at Brewfest before. They're kind of out of Fort Collins, but the local uh, Quinn, Quinn yeah. Sarovsky uh, is is uh, is a member of that band. So uh, they've got a blues jazzy thing going on that I think a lot of people are going to like. So they'll be on Saturday. Inland Isle is on uh, Friday night. Uh, but it's going to be a great event. A lot of people, great Wyoming food trucks. Come on out. Um, and also, we are uh, having once again. We brought it back last year, but we're going to have our golf with the Brewers tournament on Saturday morning. So if you like beer and you like golf, uh, Saturday morning is your excuse to drink beer in the morning. So come on out and uh, and uh, have some. Uh, the Brewers love it. They bring a lot of their beer with them. Yes, so they it's, do. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and people do actually make it to the end of the tournament. So <laughs> it can happen. Yeah. <laughs> And then the Brewfest afterwards. That's right. You, uh, you'd exactly be amazed. Right. Yeah. All right, uh, Jeremy, James, you let us know if we can do anything to help the Wyoming Life Resource Center, okay? If you've got something you need the word out on or something's going on, you just let us know, all right? Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Shreen. Looking forward to having you back. You Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah.